Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All right, before I get into the next topic here, this is uh, Aaron. Aaron's been waiting a while. Hello, Aaron. Welcome to the show. Aaron. Hey, Pete. Hey, yeah, I wanted up? to ask about uh, Trump Media Group put a f- SEC filing out yesterday that they lost $73 million, and if they don't get more funding, they're going to go under. That's the Truth Social platform. Trump touches dies. The, yeah, that's the, tr- uh, was it uh, Truth Social? I saw that. Yeah, they're, they're, they lost 70-something million dollars. Yeah, what, why is it that everything Trump touches dies? I don't know. Do you think... Do you think True Social will be as successful as Trump Airlines or Trump University? Probably. A little bit more. Barely. Maybe like the vodka company or the meat company or the... I think he had water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The casino. If it weren't for Mark Mark Burnett and The Apprentice, it's too bad everyone would see what a complete failure the guy is. But thank you, Mark, for making him look like he's a successful business person. Wait, wait, wait. Are you suggesting that television might not convey the truth of things? Uh, correct. Oh, my gosh. Hang on a second. This is, this is, this, we are through the looking glass here, people. Uh, so television does not accurately portray, uh, the truth to the audience it's almost like it's uh it's like a show business or something yeah just watch fox news that you, yeah. you know you can tell that any day of the week yeah I, i'm sure those and that's those are the only examples right those are the only examples you can think of uh newsmax oan mm-hmm. uh you know things of that nature so only uh, i noticed so only the conservative side of the media spectrum well, MSNBC and CNN, without a doubt, a doubt, lean left. But for as much as they lean left, the aforementioned other stations lead a hundred times more right. Is, is that a scientific analysis you have conducted on? Because uh, MSNBC, uh, I mean, they're not even viewed as legitimate by, by like news operations. MSNBC, like NBC, even is kind of like arm's length with the MSNBC folks. You realize they employ Joy Reid, right? Has MSNBC lost any lawsuits for almost $800 million? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But but you know who has, right? Yeah, Fox. So, oh, wait, so that's supposed to tell me... So, wait, the fact that MSNBC hasn't been sued... That's that should tell me that they don't lean left, or that they lean left at a percentage or a proportion of a hundred times less than Fox on the right. That's your position. That's your scientific based analysis. There is that because there was a lawsuit against Fox that they settled. That means that they are a hundred times more to the right than than MSNBC is to the left. I mean, pretty much. You ever see the nonsense? Do you listen? Hang on, Aaron. When you make these, hang on, Aaron. Do you actually listen to the logic of the things that you're saying? 
Yes, I do. You do? Oh, all right. So you think this is logical, then, what you're, what you're expressing? Yep. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Yeah, why? Why would, why would a lawsuit... Hang on. Why would a lawsuit against one company prove a proportionality of bias in the inverse effect to another company? That's just part of the proof. The rest of the proof is just from watching the ridiculous shows. Right. And so, and you think that you are an unbiased observer that can detect the proportionality of right-leaning versus left-leaning between the two networks? You know, you're right. I forgot. Jesse Waters is a brilliant person. I'm yeah, you hang on. See, Aaron, here's here's a fundamental problem. You've mistaken me for a Trump supporter and a Fox News viewer. So that's your bad. I get it. That's your bad. Um, you've mistaken me for that. And whatever point you were trying to make, I just asked you to back it with some sort of, you know, evidence, proof, whatever, and you don't have any. It's just you, you have an opinion about something, and fine, yeah, you, you've also got, you know, an orifice surrounded by a sphincter muscle. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't make it a correct one. I was curious, like, if you had some sort of evidence about uh, the, the, the leanings. Like, do you, think that, do you think that it's news that Fox News leans to the right? Like, do you think that's news? Do you think that nobody realizes that? Do you think Fox News viewers don't know that? But this idea that, well, you know, well, whatever CNN and MSNBC lean to the left, it's 100 times worse on Fox. I mean, that's, that's just childish. It's immature. And if you thought I was going to, like, rise to the defense of Fox for not being right-leaning, I mean, it's just that's silliness, man. Just silliness. But I appreciate it. I mean, it's good for a laugh. Um, let me see here. I got a couple of uh, messages. So a man's success is only measured by his failures. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, Timoteo uh, asked that. It's not measured by his failures. But, um, you know, uh, uh, Aaron was quoting there uh, Rick Wilson, former Republican grifter, now a uh, left-wing grifter, who's all over MSNBC with his book, uh, Everything Trump Touches Dies. I'm, I'm, I, I, I know Rick Wilson. I've interviewed him, and it uh, doesn't matter. But the, the point here is that Rick Wilson turned... When the when the grift became obvious to go to the left, Rick went to the left, and so now he's now he's soaking up all of the sweet sweet lefty money. And and, and I mean that's you know look everybody's got to eat, you know he's a he was a political consultant for years and years for the right, and um, as far as I know he didn't win many campaigns so uh, like I'm fine for the left to to take him in. Um, but yeah, he's making a bunch of money telling you what you want to hear about everything Trump touches dies. And you want to blame uh, Burnett for putting him on Celebrity Apprentice, but uh, it, it was a successful franchise. It was, as proven by the fact that when Schwarzenegger took it over, it collapsed. It was a funny show. It was a good show. And you may not like the fact that it portrayed Trump as a really great businessman. By the way, that was an argument I was making back in 2015, that he actually isn't a great businessman. Um, but people didn't want to hear it then. People who like Trump don't want to hear it now. The guy literally could not make a casino work in New Jersey, right? Like, to me, like, there's a, the house always wins is a saying about casinos, you know? Uh, so, again, Aaron thinks that he's making this argument to somebody... Uh, who's going to like rise in defense of Trump's business prowess? So, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not that guy. I'm not the one to do it. Now, does that mean that that defines Donald Trump? No. 
Um, I think there are a lot of reasons uh, why businesses fail. Uh, a lot of the most successful franchises and corporations in American history uh, were started by people who were, were failures beforehand. I don't look at a failure in business, though, as a moral failure. I don't. That's an old school. That's like a hundred year old, hundred fifty year old way of thinking. That if you started a business and it went out of business, then that was some sort of a moral failure on your part. It's not the case. People try businesses. They they do proof of concepts and stuff. Uh, their entrepreneurship. People try that stuff all the time. And I'm I'm fine with people trying new businesses. But Donald Trump has run a bunch of businesses that have that have not worked. And I don't know how involved he was in the daily operations of all of the businesses that he. I mean, Donald Trump is a marketing guy. That's what it comes down to, right? Donald Trump's a marketing guy, branding guy. That's what he does. And I don't know, it seems to have worked out all right for him. He became president. He's in like, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen rap songs. Seems seems like if you're a branding guy, like that's that's pretty good mark of success. Um, also, a lot of people on the left really, really liked uh, uh, Donald Trump until he ran as a Republican. Just not for nothing on that. Um, Notice that Aaron didn't bring up CNN, who was also sued for a ton of money. That's true. Just about something else. Uh, You know, I don't know, but I don't know all the lawsuits against MSNBC. These corporations get sued all the time and pay out money all the time just to make stuff go away. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. That's and that, that doesn't prove conservative bias. It proves that they were advancing a story that was not true. Media or ethical malpractice, uh, journalistic malpractice. Um, but yeah, if you think if you think Fox is alone in the way it uh, approaches news versus entertainment, and that CNN doesn't do that and MSNBC doesn't do that, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, you're deluding yourself. I mentioned in the last hour talking about San Francisco's. Um, cleanup effort uh, with the president of China coming to visit. And so uh, they all got to, you know, uh, uh, get rid of all of the uh, homeless camps and everything else because they got they want to, you know, present a, a positive image of their city to all of these diplomats that are arriving in town. Um, but one of the things in the uh, story I, I read, it said that the uh, workers were painting decorative crosswalks. Uh, they wiped away graffiti. Uh, they picked up trash, they removed scaffolding, um, and they also painted new murals. So they got city workers painting murals. I'm not, I am not trying to denigrate the artistic prowess or talents of all San Francisco municipal employees. Hashtag not all municipal employees. Um... However, I, I do think there's a missed opportunity here, uh, what with all of the people that um, I think have some sort of artistic talent in the Bay Area, right? Why not harness that? I remember, didn't they paint their streets, right? Didn't they paint the streets, Black Lives Matter, that sort of stuff? Why don't you get some of those folks to go and paint murals, Right. I mean, it see it just it seems like a cheaper solution to me rather than hiring you know like your having your city workers paint the murals. I am kind of curious what they look like though. I am curious what the murals are going to look like. <laughs> right like uh 
you got Joe over there and like, hey, Joe, we need you to go paint this mural. I'm like, all right. And this is a bunch of stick figures or something. I don't know. Um, but that then, uh, it got me thinking, like, why not do something similar here in Charlotte? Rather than, you know, pay a whole bunch of money for a lot of the art, why not just, uh, you know, give people uh, the, the space to create? I don't know. Maybe that is part of the art plan. They just did the big art plan last night. All right, the Charlotte City Council, uh, they uh, uh, they were looking at the, the big art plan, and it's going to cost us a lot of money. Um, that's Well, I mean, you saw this coming, right? You saw it coming. Right? The, the voters rejected a sales tax increase that would have created a stream of money for arts and culture in Charlotte. So voters said no to a sales tax increase to pay for the artist's uh, to not starve, because that's the thing, I think, right? Isn't that the deal? Well, here's the other thing, too. Like, I think you would have had an easier time selling that, and I don't believe I was here when this uh, when this uh, referendum went up in uh, 2019. I was still up in the Asheville area, uh, where I myself was applying for grants uh, for uh, for a mural project in downtown Asheville. I did not win the grant. Um, I think it was too forward-looking. It's too cutting-edge. It was too cutting-edge. They wanted they they, they put out a, a you know a call for proposals, and I you know I pitched one that was just my initials, and uh, I mean I explained that there was like a like the like the letter P with the circle on it that represented the circularity of life. You know the line is the path not taken. It was totally art by explanation. I explained all of it. I, I don't know. I got beaten out by somebody. They painted something that looks like a person, and look real. It looks like lifelike. Uh, so you know, I don't know, 16th century guys, but whatever. I'm not bitter about it. So I was in Asheville, so I wasn't here during that referendum fight. But I suspect if you had pitched it as a way to keep the dollars local, like you only are going to keep uh, uh, the sales tax revenue is going to go to local artists, right? Then maybe that would have been a, a, a good idea. The problem is. Like these government uh, projects where they dedicate, you know, 1% of all of the budget for a particular government project goes for public art, and then you hire people from somewhere else, and they come in and they give us some crap. It just looks like crap. It looks like trash welded together and, like, stapled to the front of a building. And then you put some little placard there that explains what it is I'm looking at to try to convince me that it's artistic, and it's not. It's not representative of beauty, you know? Oh, it's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But when you know, like ninety-nine percent of the people beholding it think it's crap, I'm, I'm thinking that it's crap. Yeah, uh, especially on a public building. Another message here from Mark, who says, "Pete, they have some of that artwork, quote unquote, on the Greenway in Charlotte, and they have signs up not to climb on the artwork. What the heck? Where's the fun in that? Yeah, that's true." Um, yeah, and if you've listened to the show for any period of time, whether it's been here in uh, Charlotte or uh, up in Asheville and then here back in Charlotte, um, you know I have a very dim view of what passes for art, particularly at the uh, at the uh, the public uh, facilities. Um, I've told this story before, and I, I believe it's still up there. I'm not sure if it's been... Uh, dismantled or destroyed uh there was what was it briar creek the bridge that that takes you over briar creek in charlotte right over there near 
you know, Thomas Street Tavern area. Is Thomas Street Tavern still there? I think it is. Anyway, uh, you cross over Briar Creek, and uh, the, they've got, like, the the walls, you know, along the sidewalk, so people don't, you know, walk off the bridge and fall into the creek. And so they went and, and paid some artist to create, um, like, these panels, and the panels are like wavy and you can't see through them if i recall correctly they're they're opaque so you can't see through them and they 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 got different colors and it's like wavy and it's supposed to symbolize the rushing of the water and the whatever the the plantings are along the water would those be the whippoorwills i don't know but the whatever the the grass and stuff is along the sides basically it's supposed to conjure up imagery of of a creek of a of a of a river Rather than being able to just, you know, look at the river and see the river, see Briar Creek, they covered it so you can no longer see it, but they put in in place of the actual view of the river an artist rendering, not too great rendering, but a rendering of what you would see if you were able to, you know, see through the artwork. They did the same thing at the arena initially. When they were building the arena, the initial artist rendering showed uh, a representation of trees, right? So they 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 had like these fake metal tree looking things, but they really didn't even look like trees. But it's supposed to conjure up this imagery of a tree, but just look ugly and serve no environmental purpose whatsoever, right? One of the good things the city council did at that time was to say, yeah, just plant real trees. <laughs> and they did that. Uh, let me go and get Steve here. Hello, Steve. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. I hear Hunter Biden's available for artwork. That is actually a really great idea. He's a masterpiece painter. That's, well, yeah. Um, and, and we'd have bragging rights. Yeah, we would be the, I mean, think about it. And then, and Joe Biden gets him his 10% on top of it. I like the way you're thinking, Steve. That's a, that's a really great idea. Hunter Biden, he can be, ooh, he could be our, what is it? Our artist emeritus, artist in residence or something, whatever the title is. They give people to throw a bunch of money at him and make sure they don't have to fight for a job or anything. Like, yeah, like that's, that's what we can do with Hunter Biden. Put him on the Charlotte payroll. Brilliant idea, Steve. Brilliant. Uh, let me go to a couple of messages here to Pete at the PeteCalendarShow.com. John, who I know is an artist, John from New Jersey, he says uh, the San Francisco Arts Commission has a category for temporary murals. <laughs> that lasts about a week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um yeah, here we, here's another one. This is from Dean Pete. Hunter Biden has some great artistic talent. That would be so cool for the president's son to have paintings on the buildings. That's true. Um, Seth says, if only, uh, or Trump's business failures. Seth, oh, this is about the caller Aaron at the beginning of the hour. Uh, Aaron, by the way, is what we would call, uh, what Rush used to call, right? The seminar callers, right? These are the seminar callers, the ones that try to trip up the host with these types of things, because what he said, by the way, to Bernie, when he told Bernie he wanted to get on the air, and, and by the way, Aaron, you don't have to lie. You don't have to lie to get on the air. If you have an opinion about Donald Trump, 
you can tell Bernie that opinion, and it'll show up on the call screen. And in fact, I'll be more likely to take your call. See, I I enjoy having the debates with people that don't agree with me. I I know I'm a poli sci major. What can I say? I enjoy them. I enjoy the discussions. So uh, you don't have to lie when you call in. But Aaron lied, and I should have actually just dumped him for lying, just because I don't like liars. But um, yeah, because he said he thought Trump was being treated unfairly. I think that was the comment he told Bernie, and Bernie put it in the little call screen box, um, and that's what I read. But uh, but then he gets on and, and and you know goes a different direction. So you don't need to lie to get on the air. Um, in fact, if you just you know be honest, if you're just honest about your politics, I would submit you're going to be more likely to get on the air. But um, so Seth is talking about Trump's business failures. Uh, if only we could all be as successful as the Biden offshore shell companies. Right. That's. <laughs> oh, but what about Trump's failures? OK, like I guess people. Yeah, here you go. This is a great point. Mike says, I guess people never studied Thomas Edison. Of course, he did say that he didn't fail 10,000 times trying to create the light bulb. Right. And um that's what I mean. These success stories, these overnight success stories, um, they, they're they not overnight. These, these people worked really, really hard and finally came across one idea. Just watch any of the History Channel shows. Christy and I, we've been watching now, uh, what is it, The Food That Built America. And, you know, these iconic brands. And... I'm not aware. I think virtually every one of them had failures before they hit success. And that's how you learn, right? You learn through the failure. So, no, I don't, you know, people go into business and they try something and it fails. I don't look at that as a moral failure for them. They, they tried something, and for whatever reason, they didn't adapt, or they misread the market, or uh, you know the, the economy tanked, or somebody stole their ideas, or whatever. Like There are all these different reasons why businesses fail. But uh, yeah, Trump had a bunch of them. And by the way, like, and, and Aaron was expecting me to be like this big, you know, Trump's the best businessman ever. Uh, and actually, no, I would, I would take the opposite opinion uh, and argue that during the 2015 uh, primaries. I would I argued against that, and I would cite at the time um, that his performance, uh, his growth in his uh, in his worth was lower than had he just invested it in the market, like put it into a four hundred one k. He'd have made more money. Um, he'd have been richer. But like that, and to me, like when you have a track record over many many years like that, then that's not indicative of uh, a, a great business mind. Now, that being said, he's a really good marketer. Branding and stuff, really, really good at that. And that is a business. But, yeah, I saw the story about Truth Social, and it's it lost, you know, 70-something million dollars. But you know what? A lot of social media companies are losing money and have for a very, very, very long time. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's quite the own that uh, Aaron thought it was. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, 
camping and hiking supplies even because being prepared is just smart carolina readiness supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran owned carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out now the charlotte city council did this uh this arts plan last year and uh, or last night and uh back in 2019 before the pandemic Uh, Apparently, uh, Mecklenburg County voters rejected a sales tax increase that would have ensured uh, a revenue stream for arts and culture in Charlotte. Of course, as decided by, you know, the arts and culture experts, right? The Mint Museum had a nearly $3.4 million deficit. The Charlotte Ballet, the Charlotte Symphony, Discovery Place Museum all had net losses uh, totaling between the four of them like $7 million. This, according to the Charlotte Observer's story, saying that the city council uh, created a new arts and culture board to distribute funds and rallied the Foundation for the Carolinas to help with private fundraising, committing $12 million per year to the arts through something they called the Infusion Fund. Private donations matched by public dollars. Three years into the transition to a restructured system for funding the arts in Charlotte, the city's at another crossroads. Adopt the Charlotte Arts and Culture Plan presented by the city-formed Arts and Culture Advisory Board. But major questions persist, like, who exactly funds it? (laughs) How much will be needed? Oh, do we need to know that? And who will be in charge of distributing the funds? So aside from those minor questions... Uh, yeah, it seems very successful. It seems like a great idea. Uh, I, I mean, well, you know, just figuring out just, you know, who funds it, how much you need, and then who's going to distribute the money. I mean, the key here is that uh, we need the sweet, sweet uh, taxpayer dollars in order to fund all of these projects that uh, these arts and cultural experts uh, determine need to be funded. This actually has a connection to last hour's topic, which is... The failure to focus on core services at all levels of government, but particularly at the local level, right? When you start, when your eye starts wandering away from the core services, you end up funding all of these other things and not actually providing the core services that you were chartered to do. That's the point of the local government. First and foremost, it is to provide for security. So economic activity can occur, right? So the focus on on uh, uh, how do we how do we fund all of the arts, right? The the biggest thing is safety, security. So when you've got crime occurring on the city streets, you've got open air drug markets, you've got uh, uh, sidewalks that you can't walk down because you've got homeless encampments. Unless of course the president of China comes to town, right? All of this stuff. It's because you're not focusing on those core services. You've now gone to do these other uh, these other projects. Maybe you think you know it's easier to do, or it'll get you more votes, or you have an, a, per, a personal affinity for it, or something. But yeah, you're supposed to be focusing on the core services. All right, let's go over to Walking Bob. Hello, Bob. What's going on, man? Hey, Pete. Yes, I'm walking here. A little uh, advice for Aaron uh, and. Not that I'm better than he is or anything like that, because I'm certainly not. I'm sure he's a smart guy, 
and there are smart guys on both sides of this. One side isn't dumb and greedy and evil and mean, and the other one is pure. That's just not it. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can best serve yourself and your own argument if you can without any sarcasm or... Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not committing to no sarcasm here. Okay. All right. Well, let me finish my sentence because I know how it ends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Without sarcasm, be able to argue the other person's side. If, if If you can articulate both sides of an issue, abortion, whatever it is, then it... It only strengthens your own, mm-hmm. and and do that rather than just try to have these wholesale insults. You know, I'm a Trump supporter, and I got it from his phone call that he wasn't. And but you know, you got to hand it to Trump. It was his first time he ran, and over the last hundred years, we've had several presidents like Reagan won two terms. Uh, Bush the son won two terms, Obama won two terms, Clinton won two terms. We've got a guy in Trump that next November we get to say our guy won three. Oh, my goodness. All right. There you go. Walking Bob, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. News is next.